When we arrived in Zermatt, we found out that it was shoulder season and most of the town was closed. But the Matterhorn was not going to let us down. You are listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with Wonderlust. Thanks for listening to the Travel FOMO podcast. I am Jamin Houghton and I'm here with my wife and fellow hiking enthusiast, Hillary. That's right. And we are in Switzerland right now on our journeys that we are documenting and we are hiking a lot. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, on this portion of our trip through Austria and Switzerland, we traded in our runs for hikes and Zermatt was no exception. That's right, because we had hikes to do. And I can guarantee you I would not have been able to run and then hike afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. There was, that wasn't happening. And it was, uh, we went on some pretty, pretty legit hikes. Uh, we'll talk about one of those uh, today. We arrived in Zermatt from Interlaken. Um, Zermatt's a very sporty city it's definitely a ski town yeah. a mountain town i think we knew that we were coming in the shoulder season but i don't think that we were prepared for how shut down everything would kind of be yeah i certainly wasn't i didn't i just didn't know it was the it was the end of may and i kind of thought that everything would be up and running but even a lot of the restaurants had not opened up yet they were still a couple of weeks out from their summer summer hours and yeah. so the city was um kind of like what would you say like 30 percent up and running <laughs> like yeah like it was like even the places even if you knew a place was in business like a restaurant was in business it wasn't necessarily open during any of its open hours right so it didn't matter what you saw online it didn't matter none of it mattered because you would walk up to the door and you'd be like oh there's a sign here saying they're actually closed. Like, yeah, <laughs> back in three weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. And, uh, I do feel like we only missed it by a few weeks, but we yeah. did we did miss it. We did miss it, that's for sure, um, yeah. But it's a, a beautiful place. Yeah. And uh, we got there and we walked and watched, um, watched some guys playing some tennis. Yeah, we were um, killing time, yeah. Yeah, and why were we killing time? We were killing time because our Airbnb was run, I still get a little frustrated about it. Our Airbnb <laughs> was run by an organization called Interhome. I'm mm -hmm. just going to go ahead and put those brands out there. Um, and they had a lot of additional requirements associated with our stay. There was like all kinds of stuff. But one of those things was that you have to show up at a certain place at a certain time to get your key. Right. So it was like, okay, like when we were like trying really hard to make sure we showed up, like we got to town early so that we could get there for the, at the exact time they wanted us to meet. It was just a lot of specifics. Mm -hmm. And... Um, <laughs> yeah and then one of those specifics was you need to check in at, at exactly this time and we were killing time waiting for that right. to that hour to appear <laughs> so we're watching these tennis players and then we're like you know it is blazing hot surprisingly it was mm -hmm. really really hot and we're like let's just go to that location that address they said and we'll just be there early in case they are too oh we arrived at that location and it was in fact their offices, which were closed, which yeah. on the front door were instructions on how we could get into a lockbox and get our key and all of our information. 
So the whole meet at exactly meet one of us at exactly this point at this time wasn't even a thing. <laughs> we could have arrived the night before, I'm guessing. Like, I'm not even kidding. It was like so frustrating. Um, and then on top of that, there were tons of instructions to filter through. They sent us tons of emails outside of Airbnb, mm-hmm. outside of the Airbnb app, which I don't think Airbnb wants anybody to do. I think that's like um, something that they try not to have people do right. because that's the safety of it all is that you're communicating through the app um but yeah so i had to like constantly go through my emails and filter through and try to remember what is the name of this organization and how do i like search my emails to find their information on how for us to arrive and then we had to log into a certain portal and like it was it was a mess. It was a <laughs> lot of work. And um, yeah, we had to fill out like an online form and all kinds of stuff. And then, um, and I'd already told them that we would be arriving early and that we really liked to check in early. And not only did they make no effort to accommodate us, um, and so we're killing time yeah. with our luggage out in the heat in Zermont waiting for a checkout time check-in time um and that's whenever we basically were like yeah let's just let's just head over there and see what we can make happen um and yeah and then their offices were closed and there was just a key waiting for us and we could have <laughs> logged like checked in at any time but once we got to the place it wasn't all that bad there was just a ton of instructions and a ton of limitations yeah and then they didn't even have things like um hand soap like antibacterial hand soap mm-hmm. during COVID. Right. During COVID, they did not provide hand soap. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, what do you, you want us to go like buy hand soap to leave in your like bathroom? <laughs> like this makes no sense at all. It was, that was really frustrating. Um, but the view of the Matterhorn Mountain made up for everything. Yeah. I'm yeah, not going to really lie. Did. It was really great. It was unobstructed, an unobstructed view. Like it was just like there. Yeah. And then to make, to even put like the cherry on top was like all these little sheep out in this field, like right at our fingertips mm-hmm. in front of us. It, it was crazy how in Zermont, inside town, the town, people would have fields with sheep yeah, yeah, like not big fields just like small tiny little pastures like like a big yard mm-hmm. and they'd have tons of sheep in them and they all had these bells on and so throughout the night you'd hear like ah, and then you'd hear like <laughs> and all their little bells going off and um it was the most peaceful thing like seeing seeing and hearing those sheep I mean, I slept with a window, like it was cold, but um, mm-hmm. at night, but I like slept with the windows open because I wanted to hear the sound of those little sheep out there. <laughs> it was so precious. I loved it. It was really cool. The balcony with the view of the Matterhorn, which yeah, I feel like the Matterhorn more than maybe any other mountain, at least any other that I've seen is so, um, it's so individualistic. Yeah. Like I've been other places and you go to like, well, like here in the U.S., you go to the Grand Tetons and you're like, I'm pretty sure that's Grand Teton. Or you go to Yosemite and you're like, I think that that's Half Dome. And if you're not super familiar with it, you kind of second guess yourself a little bit. But in Zermatt, there's no mistake. 
as to where the Matterhorn is. Yeah, for sure. You see it from everywhere and it's so distinctive and yeah, it was just really cool and so cool to have a place where we could see it all the time. All the time. Yeah, it it was pretty awesome. Um, We actually were going to go hike up in that direction originally, right? Right. Our our plan. (laughs) Our plan. You guys, y'all know us well enough now to know that our plans change. <laughs> yeah. So our one one of the facets of our great grand plan for Zermatt was to do the Five Lakes hike. Um, I did a lot of research about it. It looks amazing. I definitely would recommend it. However, um, it was not open to us. Yeah. Um, we couldn't do it. It was still too, like, there's too much snow or whatever. Yeah. So... It opens in June, in case you do want to do it. Yes. It opens in June. So I definitely want to go back and do that hike. It feels like one of the unchecked boxes Mm -hmm. for me of of all of our trip. But um, It was going to cost a lot of money, though, just to get to the trailhead. Yes. So in Switzerland and in Austria, a lot of the really desirable hikes that you want to do you're going to have to take a gondola or cable car, funicular, like one of those things up into the mountains to then get to the trailhead to do it. And I don't think that we were quite ready for all of that. Um, for whatever reason, I, I had not done enough research to realize that to do a lot of those desirable hikes, it's going to cost you to get to the point to where you can do the hike. Like a lot of money, like $80 yeah. per person for right. us to do that hike, which is an expensive hike. I think of hiking being free. <laughs> yeah. So that's like pretty expensive. Um, there are passes, though, that you can get, like the Swiss Pass, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. And and it does like help you out. Um, but it's still, what was it, two or $300? Yeah. 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 And I think we could have made that worth it, but... I don't know. We were only in Switzerland for a few days, like five days. Right. I think it's definitely worth it if you are there for a week or more and you're wanting to do a lot of hiking. And I think you could, it could make it worth it. Um, but it just wasn't for us. We were there too short a period of time and, and had to, had to get on, but it, it just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but we found another hike. We did. We found another hike to um, a, sus- a suspension bridge that we could get to the trailhead just by taking a short train ride from Zermatt. We had the Eurorail Pass, so we didn't need to buy tickets for it, so it was going to be free. So yeah, we took that little 20-minute train ride and really made it to a really cool hike. Yeah. And this, I mean, this hike was pretty hard from my perspective. Like even just walking up through the town of Rhonda that we were Mm -hmm. in, um, where it kind of starts, just walking up through that town is very steep. It was. Like I was like, whoa, we haven't even started the hike. And this (laughs) is like getting me. I was like pausing to take a break and stuff. So it was really hard. Like honestly, like from your perspective, Harder Colm in um, uh, Interlaken mm-hmm. was maybe the hardest yeah, that yeah. you have ever done, right? Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And then for me, the hardest that I feel like I've ever done, it felt like was this one. This was one. Was this hike. Like for yeah. some reason, this one just got me. It was very steep. Yeah, it, it was. Um, again, I thought there were 
I thought a wild animal was going to get me at some point. <laughs> um, it very... was just my husband trying to scare me. <laughs> but Not it, trying. It I worked. Did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was on this hike, right? I think it was on this hike, yeah. So okay. there were several switchbacks, and I, I had made it. I was up in front of you a little ways, and I realized that the way the switchback ran, you would be walking directly underneath me and there would be a big bush in between us. It just seemed like a good opportunity. It was very well timed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, so we, the whole point was really kind of getting, it was to go on a good hike. And then this particular one at the end of it, there was this suspension bridge mm -hmm. and you can make a loop where you go across the bridge and then you loop back around and you, you, um, you end up in the same spot. Um, but we decided not to do that because the suspension bridge was pretty intense. Yeah, you can make the loop as long as you cross the suspension bridge. And yeah. I did not desire to cross the suspension yeah. bridge. Yeah, Jamie was like, I'm Audi, baby. <laughs> and uh, and I could totally understand uh, because I was a little nervous myself and I love heights. Um, this is the third largest hanging suspension bridge for pedestrian use in the world. So imagine walking across any suspension bridge. This is the third largest in the world. The world. <laughs> so it's pretty big. Um, it's pretty high off the ground. It's very long. It takes 10 minutes to cross. It's it's 500 meters. Um, it's called the Charles Kuonen Suspension Bridge. Charles Kuonen Suspension Bridge. And... Um, it replaced one called Euro, Europa Brook, which um, had been damaged by a rock slide. So that makes you feel really good. Yeah, nice and safe. Oh, my gosh. Um, but it was really unnerving. Like, it was like, okay, okay, I'm going to go. So then the plan was, Jamin's not going to go. I'm going to go across the bridge, but then I'm going to have to come back a second time to finish the hike back down with him to kind of retrace our steps. Yeah. So it's like double whammy <laughs> so I like get out there on this this uh, bridge and it was probably scariest because I was by myself the even scarier part was when I could hear other I could feel other people getting on yeah I, I couldn't hear them actually because they were too far away but I could feel them and it would just had this ripple effect so and would it yeah. When you felt them, was it like swaying side to side or bouncing up and down or both? Or what was that um, like? Good question. I mostly remember bouncing. Yeah. Um, you just kind of feel like, oh, I don't have control anymore. Mm. And and that was the scary part is realizing I don't have control. Because when you're walking by yourself really gently, really slowly, you have control. You decide. I see. But when other people get on, you are a victim of whatever it is they want to do on that bridge. Yeah. Um, not that they were crazy, but you'd be surprised the impact one little thing on their end could have once it like rattles its way down to me. Um, and so that was probably like the most unnerving part. And once people got on, other people got on, I was like, okay, I'm getting off. I'm going to, I'm, I'm hauling through here. Well, actually the other really scary thing was trying to film because I really did want to be able to show other people like, this is what it is. This is crazy. <laughs> and so if you guys go onto YouTube and watch the YouTube video, you can see me filming. And, um, that was, you're welcome. That was the scariest part was trying to film <laughs> this, um, and looking down and trying to like, I don't know, trying to keep walking, like yeah. walking and filming was very, very hard. Gotcha. But I made it over to the other side 
And by the time I got over there, um, there was another couple coming behind me who were your friends now. You had made friends with them. <laughs> yeah, while, while you were walking across the bridge and I was waiting on you, um, Tyler and Lindsay came up. Uh, they were a couple from San Diego. And as they were looking at the bridge and kind of deciding what they were going to do, like we got to talking and um, he plays poker for a living. He's He does like the World Series of Poker and... He didn't tell us at the time, but at the time we were talking to him, he was the world champion. Crazy. Yeah. So had like gone to Vegas and won it all. Like, and, um, he was very, very humble of him to not brag. That would have been easy, obvious time to like toot your own horn, but yeah, him and Lindsay were both like, because I was asking them about their travels and they were like, yeah, we've like been traveling through like Paris and Greece and Switzerland and we're going to all these places. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, you know, I hope you have a great time. We just got through paragliding through Lauterbrunnen. And they're like, yeah, we want to do that too. And, and so we're swapping stories. And then I, and then she said, well, he's got to go back because he's going to be doing the World Series poker tour in Vegas this summer. So he's going to have to return for that. And I was just like, oh, crazy. That's awesome. Like, good luck, man. That's awesome. We'll like, we'll tune in and we'll, you know, watch this like poker series. This is awesome. Little did I know he didn't need that much luck because he had already won a million dollars playing poker and was the current world champion. Yeah. That was so yeah, crazy. Big stuff. And yep. didn't, didn't even tell us. I know. It, like you said, it's very humble. That, <laughs> very humble of them to not be screaming that from the top of the mountain. <laughs> right. My gosh. Yeah. But they were they were super cool and, and fun to talk to. And just a, a cool way to meet somebody like up, up in the mountains of Switzerland. Yeah. Is there something you know about that revolutionizes the way you travel? Can it solve problems and help people around the roadblocks on their adventures? Is it just plain cool? If you have a product like that, we would love to tell people about it. Get in contact with us and maybe next time we'll be talking about your product right now. The other big thing to do in Zermatt is snow skiing. Right. Um, And I was super excited about that because it's one of the only places in the world where you can snow ski during the summer, like Mm -hmm. all year round, Yeah, 365 days a year. Very excited about that. Um, That was definitely my plan. It was going to be an expensive plan. So you were like, uh, like, I love you, but I don't love snow skiing that much. (laughs) So um, I was like, okay, like I'm going to go up there. You know, snow ski like the the really cool part about it all is that like you can snow ski from Switzerland into Italy like you can switch back and forth into countries and I just think that's super cool the, yeah I and agree. ever since I was a little girl I remember doing a geography I think it was seventh grade I did a geography assignment and I was assigned to do a report on Switzerland and I loved it. And I'll, from that point on, all I ever thought about was doing, um, was coming back or was coming to Switzerland and um, skiing in the Swiss Alps. And I always wanted to do that. And so I was like, oh, I am going to do that while we're in Zermatt. Yeah. Bye, God. And that morning I woke up and God said, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was raining really hard that morning. And um, I 
I honestly didn't have the best snow skiing attire because it wasn't exactly a snow skiing trip. It was like a three-month trip to Europe. So I didn't really have anything waterproof or gloves or anything. Um, I could have rented some stuff. um, And I could have rented the equipment and everything. Mm -hmm. um, But it just kind of adds up. And then you've got like a ski pass that's like 100 bucks, And then I would need like transportation because I can't haul all of this gear there was just a lot to it. It was there was a lot, and when I arrived to pick up my equipment, because I'd already reserved online, and I went to arrive the, um, to pick it up, and the guy told me that everything was closed. Like the the rain was like just like prohibiting anybody from skiing, and so um, he said, you know, it might be open later that day if you want to go ahead and like rent your skis and stuff. And I was like, might. Again, maybe I might be able to snow ski later today. Like, no, I'm sorry. That's not good enough. I'm not going to spend all this money to like maybe do this. And, and also it was different because like it's, it wasn't as if I was like going to be there for five days, you know? So anyway, I ended up being like, you know what? I think I'll pass. Um, the, uh, even though I think, I don't know for sure, but I think that eventually if they opened up the slopes, I would have gone to the top and the snow would have been, the rain would have been snow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But even still, let's just say it was snow. Then like, what kind of views are you going to get? Well, it's like snowing down on you really hard. That's true. You know, you're not exactly going to get the experience you want. I also had um, found out that I couldn't, um, it was not the time of year where you could actually go from country to country. So the whole idea of like skiing into Italy um, didn't sound like it was going to be an option. Um, But anyway, so I ended up like deciding not to go. And the guy at Matterhorn Sports was not very happy with me. (laughs) I wanted him to give me money back. He was like, and I had like checked the box, like, yeah, I want, you know, like I, um, I'd paid the extra money to make sure like it was all refundable. Gotcha. But he gave me a really hard time about that. (laughs) And, um, he thought that I should at least rent a bike or something instead. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's still raining outside. (laughs) Like, do you want me to ride a bike in the rain? Like, and he didn't care. He just wanted his money to be spent yeah and you know anyway i was just like no i'm not gonna rent a bike in the rain dude (laughs) like give me my money back i'm you know like i'm not even sorry i'm not even sorry um so anyway i think like from his perspective he's like the weather changes so fast in the mountains you have to know that and be okay with that and I think from his perspective, like, it'll be fine later today. It'll be fine. Right. But for me, it was like, it was just um, a lot mm-hmm. to try to manage all by myself. And then, and to go do it all by myself was just kind of like, I don't really know that I want to do it that bad to do all of, go to all this work and then to be alone. And also it's a little scary from my perspective to be yeah. in foreign countries, snow skiing by yourself when the weather's really bad. I don't know. That doesn't really sound. And I don't actually have the gear for it. Like I'm not actually in like a really warm coat and I'm not actually in waterproof attire. It doesn't really sound terribly smart. So. Yeah. I I remember feeling really bad for you. Like particularly when you came back and you're like, no, the rain, they like everything shut down and it, uh, it would just wasn't, it just wasn't working out. Yeah. And I felt, I felt bad for you. Cause that was one of the things that, that you had really wanted to do. And yeah. So hopefully we can go back and yeah. 
and make it happen. Christmas in Zermont. <laughs> but uh, we ended up just like hanging out. We stayed in the Airbnb some. We went yeah. and did some shopping. Um, just kind of had a had a relaxing day. We wanted to um, have rock a lot, yes. which is um, it's basically like melted cheese typically served with potatoes and so they have like a wheel of cheese and this heater and they heat the cheese up and just like scrape the melted cheese off onto a plate and you eat it which sounds amazing <laughs> um, but a lot of the a lot of the places were closed because of the season and the one place that was open that served it was pretty pricey yeah it was really pricey so we were like uh, i don't know that we can pay a lot of money to eat cheese yeah potatoes and cheese doesn't have to be like a hundred bucks <laughs> yeah like, so yeah. so we opted to go for a little bit more affordable option and uh, went and had some italian food it was actually really good yeah um the service was great so we did that and then walking back um we walked by the church and got to see it and we actually walked through the little graveyard attached to the church and as we were walking through and just sort of looking at the tombstones and stuff we realized that this particular graveyard was all climbers who had died on the Matterhorn yeah or on some nearby mountain yes. but mostly the Matterhorn yeah yeah and so Climbers from all over the world come to Zermatt to climb the Matterhorn and some don't make it. And I remember being struck by that of like, wow, these are all people that came to climb mountains yeah, and people kind of from everywhere mm -hmm. like that. They didn't, for whatever reason, their bodies weren't sent back home, but they were buried there in Zermatt, which if you think about you having a hobby and you go to a place for your hobby and, and you don't, you don't make it and you end up getting buried there and like how into something you have to be yeah, for that to, for that to take place was, was really striking. Yeah. And I think like in most of those cases, I think it's cause they like fell from the mountain or their bodies could not be recovered. And so therefore, like it's kind in a way, it kind of felt like they were being honored here with a tombstone, but then also they're honored because their bodies are somewhere in Switzerland. They could also have a grave site in their own hometown. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was really fascinating. Um, and then seeing that some of them were Americans, um, there were people mm -hmm. from like Colorado. There was a guy um, that died on the Matterhorn in 1955, Vernon Allen Crawford Jr. I like specifically remembered his name by like taking a picture of his tombstone. And I just think it's crazy. Like yeah. it's, um, it, it's crazy how, um, how badly people wanted to climb it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that that it uh, it's such a s significant mountain that just calls to people that that yeah. do that, and for something to like pull people from all over the world is is yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. It actually like made us go look up on Netflix different things that we could watch about climbing, about rock <laughs> yeah, climbing. Yeah, and we ended up watching Fourteen Peaks. 
mm-hmm. um, which if you guys haven't seen that, it's a really um, powerful documentary about a guy who climbs 14 of the biggest peaks in the world um, in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And um, and what it takes to do that is pretty incredible. Yeah, like a whole team of people. It, yeah. It's pretty pretty interesting the last thing that i remember about zermatt was like that last morning when we woke up and there was the sound of like sheep like calling out to each other like (laughs) which i just love and their little bells were ringing and the matterhorn was actually nowhere to be found gone which was crazy because the fog had come in and it just mm-hmm. completely covered it and you would never know it even existed, which was really crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we just, so we didn't even get to say goodbye to the Matterhorn, which <laughs> well, we'd we just been staring back. at it for days at that point <laughs> because everywhere you go in the city, you see it and you just stare at it yeah. and every photo it's in all the photos and, um, and, uh, yeah, we had a, at relatively early train like eight something in the morning and Mm -hmm. so we had to leave before we even got to see it again but i will say that view from our balcony and the sound of those sheep talking to each other and the bells on those sheep i was like this is heaven like i really think (laughs) god had something to do with this scene right here (laughs) it's pretty cool it was really really cool um you're you're gonna definitely want to go check out the YouTube video for for this one. Uh, you can see the sheep, and um, I'm pretty sure we got some video where you can actually hear the bells and 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 the sheep. It was really cool to be there, even though our plans didn't work out and we didn't get to do the five lakes hike and you didn't get to ski. And so a lot of the reason that we came there, like we didn't get to do those activities, but the the Matterhorn and being in the city um, is just such a great place that it still was an incredible stop. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome. Um, you guys can go check out that video. Um, you can also like find us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, um, Facebook. We're, we're out there. Um, if you have been to the Matterhorn, well, first of all, if you have snow skied, around like the Zermatt area I want to know about it because I just think that's so awesome um I just think that sounds amazing I would love 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 to do that um so share your experiences tell us about them and um then uh we can you know live through you um and then plan our next trip (laughs) for sure yeah (laughs) because you know we'll be back (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely one of those places that we were like, we want to come back. We want to come back in the winter and ski. And we want to come mm-hmm. back when it's really summer and do the hikes. And yeah, yeah. all of it, yeah. all of it. Despite all the things that went wrong, <laughs> <laughs> it still felt so right. And I hope you guys are able to go out there and experience everything. And even when things go wrong, still enjoy yourself because life is short. Wonder well. <laughs>